What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going excellent, Graham. Good to be back here. Yep. Season two. I feel like it's been a long time since we've recorded. Yeah, I mean... We, we took a bye week last week. Yeah, a, a bye week's a good way to call that. Yep. Um, we took it with the Falcons. We did some market research. Indeed. On our bye week. Yes. Uh, to just bring great content for season two. Oh. Yeah, for those of you that may have missed one of the prior... Was it the last episode? Last episode of season one, you mean? The last episode of season one, whatever that means. Adam has determined that somehow we are... I've moved on to season two of Atlanta Zone, whatever the hell that means. So the first, whatever, 70 episodes was season one, and God knows how many episodes season two will be. Only he can decide. Yep, I'll let you know. Um, so yeah, a, a lot's happened since we last talked to you guys. Uh, Falcons beat the Giants. State Farm Arena officially opened. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about on both of those those items. And um, Falcons are playing the Redskins this week, and the Hawks keep on trying to chug along at an inconsistent pace, which we anticipated heading into the season. Right. And I, I do feel a little guilty. I got a text from uh, Hugo, of mm. all people, about Atlanta United. Yeah. Hugo's interested in Atlanta United all of a sudden. That's wild. But the only way he gets his Atlanta professional sports news is through us, and we haven't talked about United since like probably like two months. Well, I think that we had ignored too many of his questions. Uh. So he kind of gave up on us, and I think he started watching things on his own. Jesus. Yeah. That's, uh, so do we have anything to talk about United? We might have a, a segment for United. There was actually something you, you brought up uh, last week that I think we should touch on. Uh-oh. Then you might not remember. Oh, I, I remember what I said about United, but everything was kind of negative. Well... That's fine. You think we need to talk about that? Yeah, I think we need to work through your issues, like how we worked through my... Uh, Oh, my, okay. my 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 mental health. We need to work through. Maybe you're Atlanta United. This will be good because were you there on Friday when I was? Uh, I think that was on Friday. I was uh, talking about this with Caitlin, and she was pretty gung ho about it, Atlanta United, and I just shit all over it. Jesus, no, I, I <laughs> which isn't good. I, I shouldn't do that. Right. I think I uh, I think I got there a little later. That uh, might have been earlier in the evening. Yeah. So I don't remember that, but it'll be interesting to. But to yeah, this will be good. That. I need a um a therapy, a therapy session. session. Yeah. Right. Uh, $195 an hour. <laughs> Do you take, um... You don't take Discover. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okay. I'll cut you a check. Fair. All right, let's 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 go into Falcons stuff first. So as we mentioned, Falcons beat the Giants 23-20 on Monday Night Football last week. Um, it was a solid win. And it turned into a little bit of a defensive struggle. I think one of the big things we were concerned about in that game was Saquon Barkley. And the Falcons really shut him down. Um, now, you can argue the Giants may not have given him the ball enough. Only had 14 carries for 43 yards. He also caught a number of passes. But only one touchdown held him well under 100 yards. He was not a factor. Um, and the defense really did a great job of containing him, which I was shocked at. I figured this guy was going to get 150, maybe even touching 200 yards rushing just because our, our run defense is one of the worst in the NFL. But they had a plan, and they actually executed it surprisingly well to contain Saquon Barkley. Yeah, with um, big Grady Jarrett returning to the lineup, that was huge for this defense. And, I mean, these players are growing into themselves a little bit, slowly building themselves 
from like the worst defense in the league, which I think in a lot of statistical categories they still are, such as yards per game, points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yards per game is like 430 a game Jesus that are God. allowing right now. Points per game, it's over 30. So they're still there, but they the past two games, uh, it's been a little more respectable, and you can see some progress. Right, and it's funny, while, while the, the defensive line certainly was better, um, especially with, with uh, getting pressure on the quarterback, they had like, I don't know, five, six sacks or something on Eli. Grady had two of those, which was great with him coming back off his injury. Um they are still threw the ball all over us, even though we were able to prevent a lot of scoring. A lot um, of that was just because Eli sucks. Yeah, yeah, and he, he missed a lot of throws, but he still threw for 399 yards. Both uh, Sterling Shepard and Odell Beckham Jr. had over 140 yards. Beckham got a garbage-time touchdown. Um, even still, though, disconcerting to see, especially Robert Alford, just be toyed with out there by Beckham. Um, you know, Beckham's one of the best receivers in the league, and he's going to get his, but just... There was, there was, like, no stopping him at all. The only way we stopped him was when we actually were getting sacks on Eli or when they were relying on Saquon early on. I mean, I think if they had thrown the ball more, it could have done a lot more damage. Here's a, um, a query for you, Graham. Hmm. So you've been very, as you should be, uh, negative on both of our cornerbacks this year. Yeah. Trufant and mm-hmm. Alford. As I agree, because they, they need to be stepping up with all these injuries. Right. But how much of them looking terrible is more due to the inexperienced safeties versus their one-on-one performance? I think that's, you know, I think you can certainly take that in consideration. Uh, KZ has looked good, but Jordan Richards is awful. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with with us there or with me there. But um, there were a lot of one-on-one scenarios, though, where they were just getting beat, like the Odell touchdown at the end of the game. I mean, he was literally hugging Odell like he was some plush novelty of a child instead of playing defense. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, every every single game at the end, it seems like the defense is just shot. Well, it's it's the problem with these Dan Quinn teams, even the Super Bowl team, which we all know, had a problem with, like, once we got, like, a comfortable lead, we went up, what was it, 20 to... uh, 23-13 or whatever it was, and I was like, okay, everyone just, like, let their foot off the gas. And it's kind of like, yeah, that last touchdown didn't really matter, but it'd be nice to just definitively step on their throat and say game over and instead it's just like everyone takes it easy gives up big plays and it's like whatever and I don't know why we haven't been able to develop a killer instinct even though I know the the personnel for the most part on the field isn't what we want it to be it's still like there's this mantra there's this stigma over this team that really um, allows us not to close the way we should and it's I don't know what can be done to fix it we could just keep talking about it each week and maybe it'll get better one of these weeks. I mean, we'd be no better than Dan Quinn. It's something we need to develop. It's something that needs to happen. I remember he said that a couple weeks ago. It's like, we just don't know. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you know, we don't know how to finish. And it's like, well, goddamn, man, if you don't know how to, why we can't finish, then who the hell does? It starts with you. And you can just preach all this brotherhood, brothership bullshit, but, you know, when it comes down to it, this team lacks a killer instinct, and it has ever since he's taken over. I mean, you can argue the Mike Smith years, and we didn't really have that either, but. Um, something especially from a defensive-minded coach that I would expect us to develop in the four or three-plus years he's been here now. According to him, he's, he's been happy with the way the defense has been communicating in the past couple weeks, especially in practice. He's seen a lot of things he likes from the communication standpoint. Well, I think that, that rings true, especially with containing Barkley, right? I mean, I think 
Um, if you don't have good communication there when you're trying to contain one of the best running backs in the league, uh, you know, you're going to have issues. And so I, I can believe that, especially with, you know, the linebacker. Hopefully Duke Riley is getting better with that. Um, that is actually <laughs> extremely promising about containing Barkley. Yeah, it's good. I mean, the one thing is the Giants do have a horrible offensive line, as we saw in this game. But Saquon has done damage in, in, a, in a lot of these a lot of these games before, and we really did shut him down. So he he, if he had a great offensive line, who knows if we're having the same conversation? But still, it's promising that when other defenses have been shredded by him, we were not. So you got to take it as it comes with this team and. You know, one thing that uh, one last thing I will touch on is that we did send actual blitzes. We sent more than four people at Eli Manning, threw him off his game a little bit. He still finished with you know what you can consider a good stat line. But when it came down to it, when we had to make plays and we had to stop them, we did because we were sending pressure. And it was great to see us send more than four guys every once in a while. Um, and we took advantage of those opportunities. So I hope that's something that continues because it's like, look at that, yeah. send pressure. Good things can happen. Yeah, you can get totally burned, but I'm glad they finally made that adjustment. It's a goddamn shame it took seven weeks or whatever it is. Since it seems like that game was eons ago, remind me about what the offense did this game. Offense was kind of held in check. Only scored 23 points. Uh, Matt Ryan had that beautiful pass to Marvin Hall Mm. um, for the touchdown. Julio, of course, had another over 100-yard receiving game, but, of course, with no touchdowns. uh, The running game was once again stymied. Tevin Coleman had that big... uh, that big touchdown to get us to 23 points. I think it was like a 20, 30 yard run. But other than that, it was sort of like the offense wasn't um, putting up the same kind of numbers in terms of points scored that we're accustomed to seeing from this bunch. But Matt still had a good game, 379, 379 yards passing. Once again, it was like all the, everything is on Matt. Everything's on Matt, and the running game isn't very good. And it's like without Matt Ryan, we ha- literally have no chance of winning. We- we're like in the bottom of the league in every single category, except, and this includes offense, with the exception of like the passing game. The passing game is the only part of the team that's actually good. I mean, you can say that about a lot of good NFL teams, though. Without Tom Brady, the Patriots aren't going to be that good. Well, of course, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at all the stats across across the league in terms of like team stats. We are at the bottom of every everything except for passing. So it's just like this is a very one-dimensional team. It's not a very good team, and good good teams don't make shitty penalties when you have two false starts, one on second and one on one on third and one, and then we had to give the ball back to the Giants when we could have iced the game at your own fucking stadium. That was absolutely <laughs> atrocious, and, and I, I do not understand why the Falcons – Especially in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which we know isn't heavily as attended as it probably should be. You're in a you're in, and, and you know and the and the fans don't make noise when we're lining up because they're too busy walking around the damn stadium. Well, that's fine, but I mean, usually that's what you should do—not walk around the stand, but you don't make noise when the team is is in formation. And I swear to God, I do not understand why we're getting false starts when in our own building. Like that is inexcusable. And it continues, and once again proves that this team is undisciplined. Hey, Graham, remind me, because um, based on your tone, I forgot, did we win or lose this game? We won this game, but there's still... I'm saying this more in response of 
um, for people wanting to, to scratch and claw for the hope that we might try and get in the playoffs, there's no chance in hell we're going to get in the No playoffs. chance. No chance. Absolutely not. Because this team makes too many dumb mistakes. And until they actually beat a quality opponent, they've only beaten Carolina. Carolina's the only quality opponent they've beaten. Until they can actually prove to me they can run with another quality opponent, I, I don't see anything here that's making me say, yeah. We almost beat the Saints. They're 6-1. and one. We were coin flipped away from beating the Saints. Yeah, and we should have been. We could have beaten the Bengals as well, but that was also before uh, at least the Saints game was. I mean, we lost Ricardo Allen then. I think there's too many injuries. You know, Brandon Fusco is also out for the year. Uh, that happened in the Giants game another another week, another Falcon season ending injuries. Too many injuries. Team lacks discipline and is too one dimensional to truly compete for anything. That's that that is uh, that we want. So you're not even going to mention my boy uh, Takavecchio. He was daggers. He was daggers. Giorgio Tacovecchio um, hit all his field goals, including the big, what was it, 56-yarder Yeah. To, to, to ice the game, which he shouldn't have had to hit, but as we mentioned, those stupid false start penalties happened. But, you know, that was awesome, you know. That, good for him. I really thought season two was going to be different, Graham. You claimed it's season two. I'm. I'm it's a. It's a. This is as usual things. for you, huh? Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to say? We're three and four. That we. I mean. I. I we've I, given ourselves a chance. We have a chance, but we have about as much chance of us, uh, you know, really contending for a Super Bowl as you and I have of putting together a coherent, coherent thoughts for more than like two minutes at a time. Let's talk about a Super Bowl. I'm talking about taking this game by game. Do a Dan Quinn approach, Graham. You mean everyone in America approach of game by game, whatever. Yeah. All right. That's what you got to do. All right, you can do that all you fucking want. I'm not stopping you. I'm just saying that's my opinion. The team showed some better things. We actually were able to shut down a running back, which was great. Secondary got shredded. The offense is one-dimensional, and the whole team is undisciplined. And we have uh, daggers, assassins for field goal kickers. And Matt Bosher is the worst punter in the NFL. That that's all I can say. All you right. got some good things. You got some bad things. This is a very I temper my expectations, but I'm still going to be hard on this team. Where I need to be, but I've also given them the respect they deserve in terms of shutting down Saquon Barkley. So that's, it, that's an accomplishment. So, and getting sacks on the quarterback. So if we beat Washington this week, get our first home, our first road win, yeah, and look convincing doing it, you still you still say we have no chance. That would. Give me cause for pause. But, I mean, I, you know, Adrian Peterson's no joke. Going up to face these guys this week. If we can shut down Barkley. But you got to think, I don't know anything about Washington's offensive line. I do know that there have been multiple games this year where AP's rushing for well over 100 yards and multiple scores. Um, yeah, he also had like a 70-yard rush. I mean, okay, those that could yards. certainly happen to us. We have like one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, if not the worst. I'm just saying there's no reason to start freaking out that we beat the Giants 23-20 to and saying... I don't think anyone's freaking out. I'm just saying. I don't don't think the time to freak out about how shitty the team is is after the two wins. The correct time was three weeks ago when we were freaking out. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's still sloppy things happening. There's still a lack of a killer instinct. There's still the undisciplined behavior of the offensive line and the defense in general. Hey, at least we're not the Bucs... Seamus Winston and that whole mess they got going on down there. Oh, sure. Where they keep rotating quarterbacks like it's a Russian roulette. We're not Cleveland who just fired their head coach in NFL and NBA on the same day. Yeah. 
At least it's all have, relative. I get it. At right. least we have three really sweet stadiums. That's true. At least we do. I'm just. I'm going to be hard on the team when they need to be. When they need to be shat on, I'm going to bring it up. When they've done well, I'll show respect. I try to be as objective as I can be. What can I say? I think going into this week, it's a tough game on the road against the Redskins. Redskins five and two, first in the NFC East. As you mentioned, Adrian Peterson has been really good this year. Alex Smith has been solid enough. Um, I don't think they're as good as that record is, though. Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, games. They beat the Saints. I mean, they didn't beat the Saints. Sorry, they beat the Panthers. That was a signature win for them because the Panthers are still playing really well. Um, Alex Smith is no pushover. It doesn't really matter who the quarterback is when we're facing them. We literally, I think, almost every single quarterback we played has led the league in passing that week. Um, so I expect him to put it up at least 350 yards. Now you're just making up stats. Go, go look. Eli had 399. Jameis had 395. Drew Brees threw for like 360. Did, I mean, did that league lead the league in all those weeks? I don't fucking know. Well, you just said it. All right. You can't just throw out face, fake face. facts. I said I think. I can't remember what the fuck I said. I'm just saying, like, with the exception of the Cam Newton game and the first game against the Eagles when we actually had everybody healthy, quarterbacks have sh- destroyed us. You can't deny that. Andy Dalton looked like fucking Tom Brady out there. That's just the NFL nowadays, though. It has turned into an arena league football, and that's actually something I want to touch on real quick. Go ahead. Um... NFL is not as fun to watch anymore to me. I still get riled up to watch Falcons game. I, I still watch a decent amount of NFL games. So it's like every single game, it feels like, is a shootout. Not every single game, but there's just so many. It's like in the high 30s, people in the 40s. It's like the game is so... And it's been doing this for a long time. It's been tilting ever more towards favoring the offense. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, Jesus, God. You know? Do you blame analytics? I don't blame analytics. I blame Goodell. He keeps trying to change something. Um, oh, with all the bullshit rules? Yeah, and, and like, I'm all for... Trying to protect players? I, I get the whole thing of trying... They're really trying to protect themselves from getting sued anymore. That's what they're trying to... They don't give a shit about the players. It's a fucking money machine, the NFL. They just don't want to get sued anymore and have bad press. I don't think they really give a damn about the players. Um, and I think that's... You know, you look at the players' union and their rivalry with Goodell over the years. Um, they have much contempt for that man. And here's the thing. Football is an inherently violent game. There's only so much you can do to make it safer. And I feel like now it's gotten to the point where you can't recognize the game as it was meant to be played. And I get people arguing for protection of the players. Players should be as protected as possible. But it comes to a point where you got to know what you signed up for. It's a brutal game. This is the most brutal game in, in sports. And um, you can argue hockey, of course, but I mean, like, both those are, are incredibly brutal games. And they take a physical toll on your body. And it's the way it is. If, if you want to keep changing, it's going to get to the point where we're going to start playing flag fucking football. Um, but is it as exciting to you to watch as it was, say, 10 years ago? I haven't noticed any major differences. And I, I think your statement about not the way the game was intended to be played is unfair they didn't understand the repercussions of playing the game like that and there's been a lot of families and lives ruined over the way it was played so 
I think when you're talking about entertainment and there's, they're making a lot more money than they were 10 years ago and a lot more people are watching. So obviously they're doing something right. And if you can protect people's fathers at the same time, the hell's wrong with that? That's fair. I'm just saying what I want to see. And that's selfish. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just, I'm the casual fan. I, I completely agree with what you're saying in principle. But when you're talking about Clay Matthews tackling a, a quarterback and they say it's roughing the passer when it's, it should be a sack, I mean, that's bullshit. I think they've reeled it. They've reeled that in since then. The early but I'm just saying, like, they're going to keep doing this kind of shit and keep fucking the game up like that. But I, I hear what you're saying. Um, it's just not as entertaining a game to me because I feel like the defense has been neutered. And uh, whatever. I mean, I'm going to keep watching. It's not like I'm going to stop. But it's just, it's just not as exciting. They got you hooked. Well, I mean, I'm, Falcons, Falcons are my blood. If Falcons moved to another town or something, God forbid, I don't think I'd watch anymore. That would be a dark day. I, I think I'd be depressed for at least... That would be the most depressed I've ever been over something with Atlanta sports. It would make the Super Bowl look like uh, chump change. Because at least you had the hope of coming back again, you know. We'd be like those sad protesters outside on the last day when the Falcons move out of the stadium wearing our Michael Vick jerseys and yeah. just saying, saying ain't so, man. Right. Not Oklahoma City. Assuming that's where they would go. Oh, Jesus. That'd be <laughs> awful. The Oklahoma City Falcons. Yeah. want to throw up. Well... Well, I don't know why this got so dark, yeah, but it did. That was actually a good response you had. That was uh, yeah, you weren't expecting that. No. Huh? Um, move on from the Falcons. Yeah, let's move on from the Falcons. Let's talk about State Farm Arena. Let's do that. All right, get a little happier in here. Yeah, it's like the cut your wrist episode. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing I like more than unexpected. Depression. Well, it puts things in perspective. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, State Farm Arena, Graham. Yeah. So we went to the uh, the opening night game on Wednesday. Hawks, Mavericks. We'll talk about the game and the, and the, and the Hawks a little later. But let's talk about the arena. Um, I noticed, like, right when I... right well, Not right when I walked in, but pretty soon after I walked in. So I came in from the MARTA entrance and it looked the same. And I was like, okay, whatever. They didn't do anything. And then I was like, oh, my God. Start looking around. Um, food, the concessions were entirely different. They actually had some notable things in there, like JR Crickets, Antico Pizza, um, even the normal just, you know, stands, you know, generic hot dog hamburger stands, like the food looks so much better than it did at, at Phillips Arena. And then you start looking at what they did with the space, and it came across to me as like a miniature version of Mercedes-Benz. Standing room only sections everywhere. You can put your drink there and watch the game. Bar, huge bars, open bars, open space where you can see the game wherever you are. Nothing's blocked off, really. Yeah, you don't have to wait in a ridiculous concession stand line anymore to just get a draft beer. Right. And, there, there's order, Wait behind some guy ordering a hot dog. Right. I mean, you, they literally have like 15 bartenders at each bar, and they're so huge. And you can just walk up there and get a drink really easily. Um, it's set up nicely to spend a lot of money. Yeah. And, tell you that much. Right. And it got even better when we went to the bottom. The bottom was like, I mean, the, the lower levels were even better than the top levels. No more of that shitty Mexican place with the horrible 
nachos and everything being all scrunched together. It's like everything's much more open, great looking food. Once again, huge bars again. And, and like we were able to literally watch the second half, not on floor level, but like at the top of, of floor level, just in standing room only section. And people had no problems. And people had no problems. This thing's legit. Yeah, we weren't blocking any exits or anything like that. We put some pictures up on the on the Twitter at Atlanta Zone Sports. Um, and I was just thoroughly impressed by the whole thing. The use of space, it felt like a completely new arena. And our, our descriptions, I don't think, are doing it justice. But it's just so much more open, so many more things to do. We didn't look at the, you know, the barbershop or the courtside barring that stuff or silly ass top gogs. I think you have to be in, you know, club permissions to do that. But just in terms of the game day experience of, of just the, you know, the actual fan who wants to go there to watch the game and everything you, you could ever want. And then the ability to watch the game wherever you wanted was also great with the standing room everywhere. I mean, it's, I love it. The, w- the way I've been describing it to people is I didn't realize Phillips arena was a complete dump until I walked into this place. And, I mean, the biggest re- thing is cutting cutting off, like, half of those... Um, I mean, the suites are all gone. Like, that ridiculous right. wall of suites is all gone. Yeah, they moved... Or either they built new suites in, in the lower portions of the stadium. And then behind each basket in the upper deck, where it was, like, 75 rows up, that's cut in half. And that's what's all open up, and now you can actually see the city again. Mm-hmm. Um and then that screen in the middle as well. Oh, the screen is great. It's like a miniature Halo board, except it's like the drop-down screen, but it's curved in a way that's uh, where you can pretty much see it from any angle, and uh, you don't have you know it's not blocked off by you know empty space. Plenty of places to see stats all across the stadium in terms of like you know stat boards and, and stuff like that, scoreboards and. Uh, it's a, it's an impressive undertaking. They talked about they spent millions and millions of dollars on this, and I was like, "What the hell could they possibly be doing in this place?" And now we know, and it's and it's money well spent because this is a completely new experience going to Hawks games now in terms of the amenities. Um, I'm sure getting your hair cut's great. Maybe that court side bar is all right, but no, the court side bar looks stupid. We we could see it from where we were sitting. We were sitting in this new thing called the Chick Fil A Fan Zone, which was also kind of cool. Or, or as Graham and I call it, the cursing the cursing corner. Cursing corner. That's there's right. there's plenty of standing room. You got these nice seats. Uh, well, yeah, the, I think so. I think we're grabbing the cursing corner. Yeah. What it is, I think it's like a party rental. Like someone could rent it out, mm-hmm. but if no one's rented it out, then it's just completely open to the public. Right. And it's like 15 seats right there, and we just saddled up and we're like sitting yeah. in front row in the upper deck. Yeah. There's there's no um, no children around either. No so children you, around, so you could do whatever you wanted. Um, say whatever you want. We were sitting in like this row with like eight seats. And it was just us and this guy and then some people sitting behind us eating food yeah and it was like or standing behind us and uh that was great you uh, can't say enough about it definitely get down there to watch some games um it was it was quite wonderful i was uh, thoroughly impressed yeah yeah i think i mean last year we didn't go to any no this year we've gone to 50 percent of the home games right that's pretty damn good yes Yes, I'll, be, I'll be up for more, Graham. Oh, definitely. Definitely got to get some folks out there. Um, let's talk about the, the Hawks, too. Um, impressive come-from-behind victory. We are down 51-25. We were both pretty miserable at that point. But, um, yeah, I was pissed at you. Because why? Because you invited me. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck am I here? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I think they really started to turn around. Bembry uh, was really, I thought, the catalyst for uh, getting us back in that basketball game. Yeah, Bembry's playing some good basketball consistently across the board this year so mm-hmm. far. Um, in terms of his aggressiveness, getting to the hoop. Yep. And also, I mean, he's just a rebounding machine out there. He yeah. He was 16 in the game that we were there. Right, which was nuts. Um, and he's consistently been, I mean, not that high, but he's putting up good numbers across the board. Yeah, yeah. And Trey Young didn't have a great game, but he had moments in that game where you saw he flashed superstar potential. He carried the team down the stretch, making most of his free throws when we were getting fouled. He had uh, one huge deep three. He also had uh, one play, especially, where he was driving in the post and did a spin move, shook a guy, and, and floated the ball in. I was like, I've never seen a Hawks player since Dominique make a play like that where I said, this guy can be a star. And I'm not saying that Trey Young's going to be a star. And the jury's still out because they're, what, 10 games in the season or not even that. But I saw things, and I've seen things so far when we've watched him play, either in person or on the TV, where I've said he could have it. I'm not going to say he does. I'm not going to say he's a bust yet, or I'm not going to say he's a star yet. But the potential is actually there. This, isn't, this doesn't look like Marvin Williams, where we've reached yeah. so far. And a cool thing, and I think that play that you're describing, apparently a lot of the more veteran guys, which, I mean, it's funny to call Torian Prince a veteran in his third year, but he is on this team, him, but also Vince Carter. They told Trey, like, in the last couple minutes of that game, mm-hmm. take over, kid. Right. This, this is you. Which I love. Yeah. Um, I mean, Trey's got a solid line through the, I mean he's almost averaging a double double so far heading into play tonight uh, date of recording is October 30th 18.3 points a game and 7 assists per game which is 11th in the league right uh, oh for assists or points for, for assists tremendous um, his court vision is especially still impressive that's transitioned really well from the um, <clears throat> from from preseason and he had a rough game against Chicago but even still, he almost had a double-double. It was 11-8. and eight. So, yeah. I mean, like, even his bad games, he's contributing and showing you things. Um, he's going to, once again, he's going to have his moments where he's a little streaky, but he's very excited, and he has and he has star potential. He could be the real fucking deal. We just got to give him some time, and time, fortunately, is what he has right now. And it, it's nice that he's already, like, in that Sunday night game in Cleveland where he completely went off to the tune of, 35 points and 11 assists. Yeah, that was tremendous. That got Atlanta talking. Yeah. And it's also kind of, I think, taking a lot of pressure off him to night for night compete with Luka Doncic. Right. Which, I mean, they're going to have a rivalry rivalry forever. Yeah. Because of us originally drafting Luka. Right. But I think people in Atlanta, I mean, they're they're talking about him. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they see the same thing you're seeing, potential star. Yeah. And that was cool, too, that we were able to win that game against Doncic. Um, and Donkic didn't do much outside of that first ten minutes or so. He was he was contained, and um, I saw he went for like twenty eight and fourteen the other night. Okay, so. well, yeah. he's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm sure he is. But <laughs> yeah. it'll be interesting to watch their two careers develop. But you know, I think uh, moving forward, we play the Cavs tonight, and um, as yeah. of now, we're we're down one at the half. Okay. Uh, our defense has kind of picked it up from the first couple games. It, it looked like we were going to be a historically bad defensive team. But. Yeah, it was interesting, especially in that Mavs game. You know, we looked awful. No one was rotating. It was just piss poor. 
And apparently Vince Carter like cursed everybody out and everyone started playing a lot better. Um, so that's good. Once again, that's value you can't measure. Mm-hmm. Um, having someone like that there to teach these guys how to go about the business is invaluable, and that was that proved to be true uh, last Wednesday. So I can't remember if we've had this talk on the podcast or offline, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing like I realize this team's going to struggle, yeah. but they're also going to have a lot of ups. And mm-hmm. at this point, we've been playing some decent basketball without arguably our best player and John Collins. John Collins is still out. Yeah. So once John Collins comes back to see him and Trey Young That's oh, going to be Alley- together, Alley-Oop City. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, City. And, and I'm not doing this wishing for losing for draft picks. Mm-hmm. I, that's just not in me. The players aren't going to do it, and I'm not going to do it either. I think it's going to happen, though. And if... if what? Me wanting them to lose? No, no, not you wanting to lose. They are going to lose a lot. Yes, I, I think naturally they will lose. Yeah. But I think they're also going to be, like like I said, this is not a 10-win team. No. Like people were saying at the beginning no. of the year. I think it's it's between... The Cavs, that's a 10-win yeah, team. Yeah, they're pretty awful. Like, pretty that's awful. what a 10-win team looks like. Right. Um, one thing I like to talk about is Drew Pierce... Drew, Drew Pierce. Pierce. Fuck his name. <laughs> Lloyd Pierce, sorry. I got it. Sorry. One one thing I'd like to talk about before we... One thing I'd like to talk about before we wrap up Hawks stuff is Lloyd Pierce saying after the... I think it was after the Mavs game, he was saying the Hawks should be taking... We took like 43s in that game or something like that. He said, oh, should we be taking 50? Which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I want to get... And I want to say why, and then I want to hear your response to that. And why I say this is because, yes, the three is a big part of the NBA. Yes, you should be taking a decent amount of threes. However, if it's not working, don't keep jacking up three-pointers like maniacs. Like we And Exhibit A was in that Dallas game. Is all we were doing was shooting three-pointers. Pointer, there were four guys uh, you know, just sitting there around the uh, arc not moving because they wanted to shoot a three. And it's like, yeah, you should be taking threes, but like, don't put a number on it and say we got to take – that, and take this amount of threes just because we got to do that. It's totally arbitrary and ridiculous. And I think that's an absolute bullshit thing to say. And Vince Carter agreed with me. Um, he said, you know, sometimes you do got to look for the extra guy. And, some, and you know, you can't just say you're, we're going to go out there and just jack up all these threes just, just to do it because that's what's expected of us for some reason. You know, sometimes you're not going to have it and you got to find other ways to score. And if you, become, if you do that, you're going to be very one-dimensional. I'm saying a little bit of that, but... Um, over what Vince said, but I, I just think that's a bad precedent to set as a head coach. Well, it's not an arbitrary number. You know how you always gave Brian Snitker shit for being an old-school baseball guy? Mm-hmm. You sound like an old-school basketball guy. Because basketball, I'm recently learning, has also embraced analytics. Of course, the PER. It all comes back to analytics. The, the PER is, is very much... Um, and the numbers tell you, yeah. you shoot that many threes, and you're going to have success. So what's going to happen when you... No one has it, and you're just like, well, we just got to keep shooting threes. You're going to lose a lot of basketball games. Well, talk to the analytics people, Graham. You got to have more than that. I don't have all Sitting the Sitting over there here. with your scissors cutting hey, up your that's blue a, That was a lot right. to have. I, I don't know, man. I'm not an analytics so, guy, but <laughs> <laughs> I know that Lloyd Pierce, not Drew Pierce, as you just tried to call him in a segment that I'm assuming you're going to cut out. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> you can't even say his fucking name. Lloyd Pierce, if he's got a number, he's got a number, man. 
And I agree. That doesn't mean you just like jack it up, but if you get a good shot, you take it. Oh, yeah, I'm not dissuading that. I'm just saying like don't just do it to do it. Don't just don't have guys sitting around the perimeter all the fucking time. The only reason we came back in that game is we started playing team basketball. Well, yeah, I mean, that wasn't every possession. I mean, we just noticed that a few times that they were just standing around. In the first half, we were taking really bad shots. We weren't moving the ball. In the second half, we moved the ball and took better shots. We still took a lot of threes, but they were better threes. They weren't as contested. And the way you create uncontested threes is through ball movement because we don't have anyone on this team with the exception of maybe Trey Young and Herter that can create their own shot from a three-point standpoint. Yeah. Well, we, we don't have... We don't have Maybe Torian, too. We don't have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry out there. You can just catch and shoot it over two guys because they're freaks. We don't have anyone like that. Got to create good shots. And that's something that this team's going to have to learn. And i also like to point out, Kevin Herter is much better than I thought he was going to be so far. He's not just shooting three-pointers. He's also... He got a ton of offensive boards that game he went to. He's, he's going out there getting rebounds. Um, he doesn't really have much of an inside game, but he's at least able to crash the glass... I thought he was just going to be a guy that sat out there and shot threes, but he's, he's being a little more active on the floor, which I love no, to see. He's a really good passer, and yeah. uh, he's just got a floor presence about him. Like, the mm-hmm. stat line isn't anything to write home about, but um, all three of our rookies, rookies look real nice. Yeah, Spellman. Spellman as I, well. I love the way Spellman can use his body on the inside and also fade out for a three-pointer. I think I really am excited to see his development this year. I'm just happy. Like, I didn't think that we would have a single Hawks discussion all year that was like this. Oh yeah, this is fun. Like yeah. I mean us going us going to State Farm Arena was huge for you guys as well. You right. users out there. You're gonna get a lot more hawk stock. We built up a lot of excitement. Unless you hate the Hawks, then it was a terrible thing for you. Right. You're gonna I didn't just think about skip that. all this stuff. But um we talk about land professional sports and the Hawks are, are part of that. You know, I know a lot of the core users are you know Braves Falcons for the most part. Um, hey, we don't know what they are. We don't know who they are. But probably Braves Falcons. Yeah. Um, well, I just assume that because that's the majority of what we talk about. Sure, sure. But I'm excited to watch this team, Graham. Mm-hmm. Like I said, once uh, old John Collins comes back. Yeah, it's going to be like... It's going to be good fun. Highlight Factory Reborn at that point. So get rid of John, get rid of Plumley and plug in John Collins. Yeah, that'll be nice. So let's transition to your therapy session, Adam. Uh-oh. And let's let's briefly touch on where Atlanta United is after their really disappointing loss to Toronto on Sunday. Uh, I think it was Sunday night. Uh, they had a chance to win the Supporters Shield, which is the top overall seed. I don't know why they call it that. We've already shat on that uh, terminology. But anyway, they had a chance to win it against one of the worst. All they had to do was win, I think, to beat Toronto. And they lost 4-1 to one and uh, looked really flat. No energy until the second period. Um, watch some of it, listen to some of the game. And so, basically, they didn't win the Supporters' Shield. Now they're the, the two-seed going into the playoffs, which for them starts November 11th. And uh, it wasn't an inspiring effort before going into the playoffs. But Adam doesn't seem to uh, give a shit about any of that. Not that I care that much, but for a guy who was a little up on United last season... What has caused you? And it, but at the same time, you have you have um, you know we, we we've shat on Atlanta United a little bit, admittedly, but we've still you know sort of respected them to a degree. 
Sure. Maybe. Maybe I haven't as much as, as you in the past, but I've, I've come around to embrace no, them. No, I, I was much more on them yeah. uh, than you were. Last year, yeah. definitely. But this, and early this year. Yeah, but this year, uh, as, this, as we have gone on, you have definitely lost all interest in seemingly <laughs> in Atlanta United. And then you were just ranting and raving about how you were kind of like, you're over it, whatever. So I want to get into... Uh, what caused you to to reach this point? So, I think, all right, it first starts with, I just have an issue with things that are trendy. Like, I have a instinctual, like, anything that's super trendy, I tend to push away from. Why is that? I don't know. Probably something from my childhood. Do you think that comes back to maybe you don't know as much about the trendy thing and you feel threatened by it in some respect? No, I think it's be, it, it's a lot more to do with, I feel like a lot of people that are all gung-ho are also just on it because it's a trend. I'm sure there's a lot of big soccer people out there. I get that. Atlanta's got a big soccer base. I understand <laughs> that people. But I get that. Don't you think that's that's a little... Arbitrary, considering they sell out every single. I mean, that that's unfounded, considering they sell out every single game. You think if it was a trend that that would continue to? If it was just a trend, you think that would continue to happen? It's been a two-year trend. That's a long trend. I don't. I I, I don't think if this team if this team sucked from the get-go, mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be selling out every single game. No, they've been good. I mean, winning breeds interest. So yeah, I'll so give that, you that that was fortunate, right, for them. But people were excited about that before it started. Like no, one, think, no one had any idea what this team was going to do. I think the other thing that just threw me over the the edge of it all uh, a couple weeks ago, I was uh, on the Beltline, mm-hmm. and I was riding my bike past Parrish. You've oh, been to Parrish. I like Parrish a lot. You, you do like Parrish. Um, and, like, they had painted one of their, like, storage bins, like, Atlanta United. And I was like, I mean, for God's sakes, we've had... The Braves here since 60s, 60s, the Falcons since what, like 68? Something like that. Somewhere in there. Hawks Hawks since the 70s. Since the 70s. Never in a million years would I've seen that storage bin painted with any of their team logos. But the Atlanta United get it after a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Why? So I think what it it really comes down to is my passion and loyalty towards the original teams. And I feel like this team hasn't done enough to earn my loyalty. What have they done? I've met one of them in a bar. He snubbed me. And they lost in the first round of the playoffs. You should love them just for that. That's <laughs> if, 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 if nothing is true to Atlanta. Which was fine. Yeah. I never felt more on board with them when the, than when they lost right, in the because playoffs. because that's true to Atlanta. Yeah. Losing heartbreaking fashion on a last second thing that you could have prevented. That's, that's true to Atlanta. They just haven't done enough for me. And... And once I heard like some big time soccer guy mentioning how um, it would just be a joke to have a parade for what's essentially like a triple A or double A baseball team mm-hmm. because the MLS is like yeah can, maybe top five league in the world compared to EPL and things like that it's not very yeah so like once I heard that I was like ooh that's a good point yeah this isn't like the best soccer in the world no but. 
I mean, I, I have And I'll felt, be curious if we lose users over this, but... I would be shocked just because we hardly talk about you. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Um, Arthur might text us. Right. Uh, but you're supposed to talk me out of this, Graham. Right. Therapy. So I've felt the same way as you have before. <clears throat> These are not un- uncommon feelings to have. Um, I'm not as much as a trend person uh, like you are, like you're saying. I mean, I kind of just evaluate it, and if I'm interested in it, I'll, I'll hop on board. If not, fuck it. But I understand where you're coming from with that. Also, but I understand more of where you're coming from with how it feels like... Uh, treason. Not treason, but that they haven't warmed, you know, earned their way into, you know, my blood the way that the other teams have. Um, which I said on the episode, I think I went apeshit on United. I said everyone thinks, you know, all these Atlanta United fans think they're so much better than the other teams. No, then that wasn't what anyone said. It's just how I felt. Mm-hmm. Is you feel, you felt, I felt this sort of kind of arrogance from, from some of the fans who aren't, and a lot of fans are, support the other teams, but right. there's plenty that are just United or they're huge soccer fans or whatever. Um, so I felt that way. I felt that way um, <laughs> before. But each time I go to a game, I went to a couple games this year, and each time I go to a game, I have a really good time. Um, and I enjoy watching the team play, for the most part, on uh, on TV when I watch or on the radio. And I really like it for Atlanta because, you know, we've gotten a bad rap as a sports town for a while for various reasons. And it's nice, for whatever reason, that people in the city are showing up for someone and even though we have had well-attended Falcons games and Braves games and, and Hawks games before, it's never been, with the exception of, like, the 90s and the Mike Vick era and parts of the Matt Ryan era and that 2014-2015 Hawks team that won 60 games, we haven't had this level of consistency of attendance and support and rapturous, venomous love for a team since the 90s Braves. 90s Braves are the pinnacle of, of people supporting an Atlanta sports team. And I, and I respect that this team has earned their way in a lot of people's hearts. Does that mean that that's for me? Not necessarily, because I don't give a shit about soccer. I can't really connect to the game, but I try. But it's not my bag. I've recognized that and accepted that and sort of just have allowed people to do what they want to do. And I don't feel any anger, vitriol, or hatred towards them. They're adults or they're kids or whatever, and they like what they like, and that's fine. You like what you like, and that's okay, too. And you don't have to like Elaine. I know it's pointing a gun to your head and saying, you got to hop on board with this team. But I think you should at least try to respect them for what they are and what they've done for a lot of people across our city. I respect them, but I don't have to like them. No, no I, like, I like them. I'm not going to say I don't like them. Right. I just can't get passionate about them yet. No, that's that's totally fair. But I don't think there's any reason to have, you know, immense uh, anger over it. Just, it's every just time not, I see a supporter's flag hanging outside someone's house, you just say, "Why isn't that a Braves flag? Yes. Why isn't that a Falcons?" It all flag? it all comes back. It has, actually has nothing to do with the team. It has to do with their marketing, which was amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's just, uh, something deep seated, Graham. Right. It, you know, it's really touching your core. I think you just got to let that go. And also, a lot of it could be because I've only been to that home opener this year and I haven't been to games since then. Gets you going. So I think even early in this year, I was a lot more excited. Yeah, it gets you going. I mean... Yeah, that's probably it. 
I just kind of, I think I got they lost me with all the excitement of the uh, the Braves run and the Falcons starting back up. Yeah, because I, I went to Hampton and Hudson to watch a game on a random Sunday, right? Kind of by myself. Yeah, earlier in the year, mm-hmm. so I was trying. Right. I think there is a disconnect of that it's not ingrained in us, and we're probably never going to gravitate towards it as much as others. And I'm fine with that. And I have no issue with them marketing the way they're marketing and people reacting the way they're reacting. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but it's just not, I don't think it's worth it to get so worked up about it. I don't think I get that worked up about it. Except you, for maybe when I talk about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what were you saying? To, were you saying pretty much the same thing to, to Caitlin? <clears throat> oh, yeah. 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 I had many of the same arguments. So how can you move forward now in maybe a more positive way towards towards Atlanta United? Not that you have to go out there and go crazy about it or that you know you don't have to force yourself to like them more than you do. What can you do to at least feel a little bit better about their presence, I suppose? Try or, watching them again. Try to get involved. I'll, I'll turn it on, just like I turned the Hawks game on tonight just because mm-hmm. it was on. Yep. Next time they're on, I'll turn them on just because they're on. Okay. Well, the next time they're on is November 11th for the playoffs. Mm. And apparently, for some reason, I can't explain the, uh, the MLS playoffs. I have to have Arthur on to break it down for us. But I've been saying that for four months. We have. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's very funky. It's like it's something well, called a two and two, which I don't understand. Yeah, it's. Uh, but even though the United's the higher uh, seed, for some reason they have to start on the road. Than whoever they play, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Sounds like you don't know. I don't really know. Somebody knows. <laughs> Somebody knows. <laughs> Somebody out there has made a, the schedule. A simple Google search would know. No, too. but I heard on the radio today that it was fucking weird. It's like goals count. It's not based on wins. It's based on the amount of goals you score. Which I think. So, no, no, no. So I, I thought it was because I remember having this conversation Cause, last year. Because if you score, I thought it was one and one, and the tiebreaker is goals scored. Something like that. I don't fucking know. Maybe that's it. But I heard someone on the radio today said that goals on the road matter more than goals at home because you're expected to score more goals at home. So if you score yeah. more goals on the road, that's better for your overall goal. Even if you total. lose the game. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it should just come down to whether who wins the fucking games or not. Who cares about goals? I mean, that's one reason I've also never gotten too much into that because it's like, you know, the same thing with hockey. Why are you basing it off points when you should be basing it off wins? Because there's ties. Well, yeah, then use the ties. That that the NFL uses ties. They don't give a shit about how many. If, if it was up to how many points we we score, we'd be one of the the Falcons would be the top ten t- Not top ten team in the league. Like that. What? Oh, is it equate to like they give some arbitrary point number based on hockey? Their yeah, record? a win in hockey is two points. Oh, a tie is one point, and a loss oh is my zero. God, really? Yes. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense then. Now I'm schooling you on ho- hockey. Hockey. Oh, another. Speaking of hockey, yeah, John. John. Uh, oh, uh, oh, exciting announcement! Actually, um, little back of house news here at Atlanta Zone. The fuck's a back of house? Back of house, you know, like um, stuff on our end of things. Oh, okay. Um, little housekeeping, if you will. All right. Intern Jared fired again. Once again. Yeah. Um, he really showed his ass at that uh, Halloween party. Said a lot of disrespectful <laughs> things to us. Had a few too many drinks. Had some weird half mask on, and I asked him what it was, but I was too drunk to know what he said. And I it was, was like, slightly racist. 
That's not why he's fired. Though. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I couldn't decide if it was racist or not. Um, no, he's just fired for lack of any productivity, yeah. any tangible work. Yeah. He, whenever we have to do a show on the weekend, he says, I have to work at my job that pays me. And I'm like, you should just be out there knocking on doors, doing social media stuff, putting up flyers, talking to people at bars. And instead, he's, he's going off and, and, and working. Yeah. And it's like, what is this bullshit? So There's no dedication. We work. We still do the show. Like, what's his excuse? We're, we're done with him. I mean, he's a Patriots fan. He lied to me about the fact that moose exist in the state of Maine. Um, That's just unforgivable. Yeah. I mean, I was in Maine. I didn't see any moose. Therefore, they don't exist. Right. So, we've, we're hiring back. Um, I guess John was never hired, but it's going to be intern John Galvin. Uh, because quietly, he has been our only marketing. Yep. We gave him a stack of business cards like four months ago. And John travels a lot, and he just goes to airports and talks to people um, about sports. Yeah. And if you, they happen to like Atlanta, he you, gives them a car. Yeah, using and this happens not just when he travels for business; sometimes he'll just travel for the show. Yeah, unlike uh, you know someone, our, our former intern who just never traveled at all and, and, and did nothing. Yeah, so he was a terrible intern. Yeah. Um, I'm not. So, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. No, you can't. You can't apologize for the right decision. Um, yeah, if his next employer asks for a recommendation, I'm not going to write one. No, I'll just verbally tell him to not hire the individual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, intern John Galvin. Uh, anyways, I was talking to intern John. Uh-huh. Um, he was asking about the State Farm Arena. Yeah, and he was like, "Is it ready for hockey?" Mm-hmm. And according to that sales guy that we talked to at the Hawks game, yep. it is ready to be converted to hockey. Yes. If the need ever arises. If the need ever arises. So I'll put it out there. I think within the next 10 years, we have a hockey team again. And it's based off all this Atlanta United hubbub. Yeah, and that, that's possible. And especially with, um, depends on who you have owning the team. It really depends on that. If it's going to be, you know, like Michael Guerin and the Atlanta Spirit, then we're in bad bad spot because obviously they lost the team but if it's someone like Arthur even Tony Ressler I mean he put his money where his mouth is in terms of making that arena and you know turning it back into state of the art and also going at you know doing the smart thing in today's NBA and tanking and getting a bunch of high draft picks I mean I know that's also Travis Schling doing the GM thing but Ressler's approaching it if Ressler was a bad owner he would have tried to you know instructed everyone to try and get Paul Mill sat back and all this other stuff and tried to hold on, hold on, hold on, you know, when he realized that the Ryan was on the wall and we needed to blow it up. And you can also attribute, you know, Schlink to saying that, but I don't know. Wrestler seems like the guy. Wrestler seems like a decent I'll, owner. I'll tell you why. Because I saw a Hawks commercial today mm-hmm. and Wrestler was in it with the players. So that shows, like, he's the face of ownership now. Yeah. There's not all these, like, random guys. Right, like the spirit was. That don't live here. Yeah. He's invested. Right. So, in turn, John, you'll get your hockey team in 10 years. Or less. Hopefully we'll be alive at that point. I would hope so. Um, So, any other thoughts you have on on your United problem? Because you kind of segued out of that pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not call it a problem. Let's just call it... um, I'm just passionate about everything else, Graham. I'm not passionate about this. I'm going to... The problem is that I shit on it 
to people who are who like it. Yeah, and you put them down. You make them feel less than. Yes, you should, you should work on that. That's a problem. And just say, you know what? How they? How would you feel if they said, "Oh, well, fuck, fuck the Braves, fuck the Falcons, I would fuck say the Hawks." You don't know shit, my friend. Right, but and I then mean, I would verbally debate. But, them. but but you can you know you know some of our friends clearly like Atlanta United more than the other the core teams. It's true. All right, and that's okay, and that's their prerogative, okay. and they can think that, and we can think what we think. You're it's right. not You're a big right. deal. We can still all come together, be we're, friends. We're not we're, always right. We're not always right. We're and, not always right. And just because we believe something doesn't mean other people have to think the same thing we do. People can have other passions. Right, and that's what makes the world an interesting place to live. That's a good point. If everyone out here were just strictly Atlanta professional sports fans, then we'd probably run out of shit to talk about. Well, we'd have a lot more people listening to our show. That's a great point. And I think that wraps up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. Thank you for listening, however you did and wherever you are listening from. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.